Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tip Balls Podcast. I am your host, Sam Randazzo, and I am joined today by my two rather handy co-hosts. To my right, it is the one, the only, Uncle Sam. Hello. You use that to measure your dong? No. No? No, sir. You need a longer one to measure your dong? No. No. <laughs> and to my left, our very own. Mr. Zolo, Mike Palazzolo. It's a great day. It's a great day. It's a great Fired day, up. and it just got better. Just got better. We're going to get into it here in a second. Behind the computer, as always, Bruce the Tugboat, Vin Diddy. What's going on? All right. Uh, how was everyone's week? Good Bruce week? the V, Vin Diddy. Bruce the V? That's how your week was? Pretty crazy. How was your week? You have a good week? I'm sorry? Did you have a good week? What do you mean? It's only been a couple of days. It's been fine. I mean, we had, you know, working hard, bud. It's Living Friday. the dream. Wednesday evening, Thursday. Living the dream. What's up, what's up this weekend? It's like, Friday. You know? What do you mean? <clears throat> living a couple of days. It's it's been at least four and a half days at the at a minimum. Living the dream, bud. Living the dream. Zolo, you? A great week. Just turned better. Got whirly ball tomorrow. Oh, you do have whirly ball tomorrow. <clears throat> Got yeah. what? Saturday nights are for the whirly ball. What's whirly ball? You never played World Oh, I got Pickle in the morning, too. And I got this, uh, I got uh, Breezenberry Alani New. Shout out to Alani New. Why haven't you sponsored us yet? What are you doing? I used to play Pickle, but my version of Pickle's a little different. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What's your version of Pickle? No, forget it. Uh, what, what flavor you got over there today? I have the Bomb Pop. It's like I was when I was a kid. We used to have those things. The Bomb Pop. You did? I've, oh, yeah. I have to take a break from the Alani yeah. New right now. That's when the cute, good humor guy used to drive down the streets in Detroit, and we'd get to, you know, everybody would follow the truck. Hey, I want some ice cream. One that of my would, dad's last that projects. That guy would out and try to fucking touch all the little kids. One of one of my one of my dad's Sorry. last projects before he died <laughs> was he bought a 1950 Ford Econoline that he was gonna he was going to turn into a good humor. He was gonna restore it and tor- That's turn awesome. into a good humor truck. But he never. He bought the. He just had a body essentially, and he oh. never. He never got around anything else, and we eventually sold the body. But um, you didn't finish it. No, it, Come it, on. he he bought the body of the car, just the yeah. just the frame, correct. A couple months before he died, and, and it oh. would have cost two. We have a bunch of other cars we have to restore in the meantime. My condolences to your dad. I, I didn't know that he had passed away. It was eight years ago, but thank you. Yeah, my condolences. Thank what year? 2015. What year is my it? My dad died dead? in 2015. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. What month? Uh, February. Actually, January 26th. That's some uh, shit. R.I.P. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Did, you, did your dad, how old was your dad? I, I don't 60, mean to 64, a month shy of 65. Oh, he was young. He was young, yeah. Young. And I've met your mom before, so I 77. know your dad. Yeah, he was, yeah, I knew your dad had to have been younger. 77, and my mom always said, you can't kill evil. She was wrong. <laughs> God, we're on a roll today. Anyway. What a way to start off the show. Um, and Sam, that's, that's Sam what still I got, hasn't been in a cemetery, by the way. That's what I got to asking everybody how their week was. How's your granddad? Anyways, uh, I was going to say something. So I sent him pictures of the stone every 4th of July. He's just still going. You're not going to tell anybody? <laughs> Are you done? You're not going to tell anybody? <laughs> tell anybody what? Then I send you pictures every 4th of July. Every 4th of July, yeah. you send me pictures. Sal's birthday was on the 4th of July. Uh, in case anyone cared, I am feeling quite a bit better. Oh, I, I was going to ask. Nobody cares. Because I'm going to make a full court press <laughs> to see if we can get you to Whirly Ball. Uh, the only issue I'm having now 
is, is venereal disease. The steroid that they put me on to get rid of the sinus infection is now doing one of two things. It's either constant constipation or constant diarrhea. Right now we're in the constipation phase. Um, so I that, thought you were going to say it's making your pee-pee small. Hopefully like we can finish this episode. No, hopefully, That's a yeah. Myth. I didn't put my suppository in yet today, so that way I can make it to the, end of the episode. Bruce can handle that for you later. Bruce can Anyways. tongue fill that suppository for you. Jesus. <laughs> can, okay. we in, can we get into it? Bless you. What an intro. Bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Um, okay. As you all probably know, last night. Our very own Detroit Lions headed up to Lambeau to play the Packers and came out victorious, not just victorious. They are now three and one. They are now the sole owners of first place in the NFC North. Yep. And before I give it to my wonderful co-hosts to just have a field day with, uh, I would like to point out one thing. In my opinion, the best part of that Lions game last night was their pass rush, interestingly enough. Um, the the, the quote-unquote flailer. Uh-oh, I turned up the YouTube. I watched the YouTube on here so I could see your comments. <laughs> the uh, the quote-unquote flailer had a pretty nice game, if you ask me. It was okay. Um, David Montgomery obviously looks like a man amongst boys. He definitely... I, I'm going to talk about the MVP of their team right now. Go. Taylor Decker. That, that whole offense, and the guy was playing on one leg. He was David to, to me, to me, he, he was, he got it up for this team and, and went out there. And no, he's not 100%. I don't even think he's fucking at 50%. And went out there and did a great job. Well, they said that he could have possibly re-aggravated that injury <sighs> in last night's game. That you came saw out it. today. You saw it while he was running. They yeah, don't know. That's the end there. He could barely. Now uh, he was going up against a furious uh, exchanges after exchange with uh, that that the Sean kid. Gary. Yeah, they were going at it, man, and he was on one leg. Yeah. There was a point, one of my favorite points towards the beginning of the game, Aiden Hutchinson, just the, the flailer. I know you don't want to give him a lot of credit right now, but he's he's playing like probably, if it's Micah Parsons, the number two best pass rusher in the league at the moment. No, let's not get out of control. No, there. it's not. The numbers, the numbers back of, it up. I'm, I'm not an athletics up. guy. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I see the... The difference in players. Good. Was, I'm, I'm happy it. you see it because he's literally in on every single he was play. In Jordan loves face. And every since play they've last. moved him to the middle, since Aiden Hutchinson's been I, moved to the middle on third downs, we, we talked oh. about that two weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about that from the Kansas City. It was game. your theory when they pushed theory. him inside? He was getting more of a pass rush inside than outside. I think they need to play him more inside at a three than he's playing on the edge. I, I would rather see them put somebody else on the edge and put him inside, push him inside on third downs. I don't have a problem with that. So what I'm going to take from this now is that the fluke game so far was the Seattle game because, I mean, they were in firm control of that game last night. Uh, I don't think it was – it was never and, at it, any point in question. <laughs> it looked like they had a game plan. They had a they game had plan. A, an absolute game plan, and outside the interception by Goff in the, in the first series – they, they were pretty so much flawless. This is what we can take from this. If, if you want to call the Kansas City game uh, lucky, 
I'm not going to call it that. I think they played a great game and won it. Hey, they outplayed them. Period. They outplayed Kansas City. Then they had their. They had a. They went into a week against Seattle, which we know for some reason this team always has a hard time with Seattle, and they didn't have a very good plan. That was a coaching a coaching issue, not a player issue. They came in against Atlanta, took care of business. They went into Green Bay last night, took care of business. Right now, uh, my feelings on this team are that they are going to be an 11 or 12 win football team, and they're going to win this division. Uh, now, we got some time off before their next game, but uh, they go to um, – why am I having a moment? Next game is Carolina at home. Carolina After at home. After that, they go to Tampa and to Baltimore. So, realistically, I think if they, they should should win two of those next three games. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then the Raiders Monday Night Football after that, going into the bye. So okay. if, we, if we want to break down the whole four-game segment. Three of four. Yeah. They should go three and four, which would put them. Six and two. At six and two. If you remember what Mike was talking about, in, uh, the season is in sections. Yeah. Four-game increments. Well, and, section and one, they did that. pretty fucking good. Section one, they come out three and one. Yeah. You, they can't, need to come you three. can't be more happy than that. I would have been more happy with four and oh, but. The yeah. way I look at it we is no one's beating the Lions in regulation at this point. That's how that's how yeah. I'm spinning at this no, point. No, I'm just happy they're they're winning. And then number two, I was pissed about that Seattle loss. It's the one that I wanted. I wanted Kansas City, that's but I really I wanted. wanted Seattle. I was pissed about the Seattle loss, but put it this way. They benefited so much yeah. from losing that game, and it was right. such a wake-up call. And yeah. it put this defense in check now to where it went from Oh, shit, to now it's one of the best pass rushes in the league at the moment and a defense that is not to be trifled with. You better come right. to play we, we, if you're going against the Lions D-line. that basically our, our line is so beat up, our offensive line, as beat up as ours is, so is Green Bay's. Well, yeah, but this is the other Green Bay was missing the their starting left tackle. They're missing a lot yeah, of guys. Bakhtiari's going to be out for the year now. For every and, and that, for every comment on them. Green Bay's Green Bay's offensive line being decimated, which right. I don't disagree. For every comment on that, the the reason the Falcons started out two and zero is because their offensive line was very good through those two weeks. It's a sneaky Correct. good, highly graded offensive line. And going into the game yesterday, I know you don't believe in analytics. Going into that game yesterday without Bakhtiari, the Packers actually did have the highest graded offensive line in football well they showed that they are not the highest graded off no line. hell no they already showed that. hell no either that, that was real quick that was shown either that or at some point if what's happened over the last two weeks keeps happening we're going to have to give the lions defensive line credit at some point yeah i i'm not I, i'm not discrediting them at all I thought Bugs came to play. Ugh. Lee McNeil was actually that was one of Lee McNeil's best games as a line McNeil that's probably one of the best i've ever seen him play Period. He was he was getting upfield. I like the fact that he lost a little weight, so he's a little quicker now. Mm-hmm. You know, I he's I, lean I, like that. I I like where it's headed. Um, they look good. the The first half they dominated. They dominated the first half of that game. One of the best halves of Lions football I've I, ever I've seen. seen in decades. And I think it backed decades. it up too. I think that's the largest lead they've ever had at halftime in a game, then, if I remember uh, correctly. Um. David Montgomery is what makes this machine go. Without him, they are not the same football team. You called offensively. it. You called it on he Wednesday, makes and I agreed the with you. Go. You said he would have a big game on Wednesday, and I agree with you. And I just want to say, 
we nailed all of our predictions on on Wednesday. The only thing I missed is I I go I think the under's going to hit cuz it historically hits in this game, but I also said there's a scenario where I think the Lions do enough damage to where this over hits. Um can I just say you nailed Montgomery? Yeah. You nailed Montgomery. I said Jordan Love was going to have a couple picks. Jordan yeah, Love Jordan Love had a couple picks. Hey, by the way, I I had uh on my defense Jacobs. Jerry Jacobs. JJ, did you start him? Oh, beautiful, beautiful! I said Lions D would show out. It it did. Um, I thought the pass rush. It just goes back to all those adjustments Dan Campbell said needed to be made after the Seattle game. They need to win their what on ones. They need to yep. not overcommit. It looked like they were blitzing on every play yesterday, and they were not. They were rushing three or four max. They were getting a forty-five percent pressure rate I, I was really, by rushing I, three I, I or really four. I really liked how they were bringing. Everybody up on the line of scrimmage, and they were showing blitz and then dropping out. Yeah. I don't have an issue with that. I, as long as you're getting there, I don't have an issue. What happened was in the second half of that game, you, you're worried about them taking their foot off the gas because this is where the New England Patriots would absolutely crush teams, would be come out in that third quarter and absolutely take control and put their foot on their necks. That didn't happen. And that that that's a coaching thing to where they got to be able to react to what's going on. Listen, Love started to drop back in three step drops, four step drops, and getting the ball out early. And they had some success doing that. They made, they made a good correction for for Jordan Love. They Correct. made an excellent correction, which is what you just said. It it shortened the drops and get the ball out faster. Correct. And then if a guy is open, he's going to be there. It's just on Jordan Love at that point to make the throw. Yeah, Green Bay's right. done that in every game they've played so far this year. They make great yeah. halftime adjustments. Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. Can we get to Zolo's five things, please. please? Let's hear Zolo's five things. Let's go. And chime in whenever you want, Uncle Sam. Right. I know you're going to be fucking fiending over there, and I want to hear what you have to say. Ah. Thing number one. Thing number one. This Lions offense in particular has responded all year with their backs against the wall. There were three examples last night, and I will give you one more from th- two more from throughout the year. Last night, Jared Goff... Not that it was a bad throw. It was a bad read to start the game, and he threw the ball away. They gave up three points off the bat. Guess what they did the next drive immediately? They came down the field and scored. They responded perfectly. Later on in the game, the the clock gate, when the clocks hit double zero and the Packers got a free play and scored. Guess what happened immediately after that, the next drive? What happened? Came back and scored. The Lions went 90 yards and took eight minutes off of the clock and put a dagger drive together, touchdown drive together, where they went for it on fourth down twice. It was beautiful, okay? Earlier in the year, backs against the wall in Kansas they had City. A penalty that helped them with that, too. Yeah, but that's yeah. part of the game. That's part yeah. of the game, and that was a penalty. You cannot do that. It's a guy that's done that in the past. Yeah, you could do it in college. Better. You can't so, do it in the pros. So earlier, or, or, uh, excuse me, earlier in the season in Kansas City, when Mahomes drove down the field, okay, they had their backs against the wall. They came and scored in the fourth quarter to take the lead, to make it 21-20. And then in the Seattle game, the game that they lost, everything was going wrong. You were down offensive linemen, and David Montgomery was out, and there were injuries, and guys were dropping off the field. Guess what? They still came down the field and scored in the fourth quarter, and then they had the ball to win at the end of that game as well. Every time their back is against the wall, they respond. And before you guys say anything, it brings me to thing number two. Of five thoughts, number two is Jared Goff. 
Jared Goff has slowly, I know you think it's Taylor Decker. Jared Goff is the MVP of this team. Everything he says, everything he does, his presence in the locker room, he is so poised right now. And this guy, we're so fucking lucky to have him. This guy was supposed to be the throw-in to make the salaries work in that trade. And guess what? He's slowly evolving into the most effective piece in that trade. A trade that was beneficial for both teams, of course. But he's evolving into the most prominent piece in that trade. And they are so lucky to have Jared Goff. And I just want to bring something up, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on it. Did, did you see the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing? Did you guys see yes, that? Yes, absolutely. Did you see the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing? For those that didn't see it, I'll, real quick, Ryan Fitzpatrick has re been referring to Jared Goff as a poor man's Matt Ryan, whatever the hell that means. Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl and had MVP caliber seasons. That's fine. You want to be a poor man's Matt Ryan, that's fine. So after the game, Jared Goff goes to that Amazon paddle that Ryan Fitzpatrick is on. He goes, hey, I heard you, you call me a poor man's Matt Ryan. Well... I thought that was cute that Goff brought it up instantly. He was waiting to say that. Do you think Matthew Stafford would ever have said something like no. that? When Terry Bradshaw called him out for wearing his hat backwards and when the officiating blue games, Stafford, I'm, sh I'm, I'm sure he was a leader. I know he was a leader. But he didn't have that fire and go to bat for the town like Jared Goff does. And we are so lucky to have Jared Goff in that locker room. That's thing number two. The reason why thing number one works, which is how the offense has responded all year, is because of Jared Goff. What are you guys' thoughts on Goff so far through four weeks? I agree 1,000%. I mean, uh, well, not only did I draft him as my QB1 in fantasy, which even though it didn't go my way last night, I, I agree. He's – it's not just that he's more outspoken than Stafford was. It's just that he – He's a pro. He's he. You know what? He's, he's a pro. become. He's falling into that consummate pro thing. He's a pro. That you always go down, and, and he's that. He doesn't. <clears throat> you never see him. You don't see the temper tantrums. You don't see him freaking out. You don't. He reminds me a lot of Philip Rivers. Yeah. You, well, he might not be as fiery as Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, Rivers. There was fiery. nobody nicer than Philip Rivers. But it's not even about nice. These guys He's want to guy. play for him. That's, you know guy. what? I'll say that's the biggest difference between what you see from Stafford and what you see from Goff. Goff's guys seem like they are Goff's guys. Whereas right. even when Stafford was here, I don't know if he had that type of relationship with his teammates. And we know, due to his wife's comments, that he doesn't have that type of relationship with his teammates in L.A. Yeah, so, he doesn't have that type of relationship yes, with his Rams, wife either. The, but anyway... <laughs> The Rams got their Super Bowl ring from it, and and good for them. But at the end of the day, long term, the I agree. Jared Goff was was the the win in that deal, and right now he's got this team behind him, and they're clicking on all cylinders because of him. It's pretty bizarre that Sean Payton couldn't make it work with Jared Goff, even though he kind of did. I mean, he had some monster seasons, and they went to a Super Bowl. But it's weird that Sean Payton let his Sean McVay. Sean McVay, excuse me, sorry, wrong guy. Wrong, Wrong Sean. Sean. You, you Wrong confused Sean. me there for a second. Okay. <laughs> that Sean McVay couldn't make it work. <clears throat> I have I have a question for you, Uncle Sam. Matt Stafford is not the reason why the Rams won a Super Bowl. I agree with you 100%. And I'll say that to the day I die. How many quarterbacks are you taking right now over Jared Goff? A uh, handful. Handful. I mean, we could do this right, right now. What are you going to do? <laughs> Mahomes? It's, it's, it's a Mahomes? handful. It's Mahomes. Burrow? I still take Joe Burrow. I Jackson. know 90% of the people won't. Honestly, right now I'm taking Goff over Lamar Jackson. 
I'm giving I you I'm giving you Burrow. That. I think I'm taking Goff over over Josh Allen. I think I would J- take Goff over Josh Allen over Justin Herbert and over any of those other guys. Right? I would take he is more of an accurate thrower. The only guy that I might take over him right now that nobody's talking about is Tua. Tua. Because I think Tua is deadly accurate. I think Jalen Hurts is on the list. I would put Jalen Hurts on the list. That's it. There's probably four guys I'm taking over Jared Goff right now. Okay, go ahead. Name them. My six are Mahomes, Burrow, Tua, Hurts, Allen, and Lawrence. Right now. I don't think I'm taking Trevor Lawrence right now over Jared Goff. But I'm not either. You want to know why? Because if I look at those two, they, they look very similar to me. But I think golf is uh, protects the ball a little better than than he does. I'm not trying to say that the guy does doesn't take care of the ball. I just think Jared Goff is a better protector of the football. He doesn't put his throws into harm's way as much as Trevor Lawrence does. I agree with that too. And same. But Trevor Lawrence wants to push the ball downfield. Yeah, that's something that Goff doesn't do. Okay, he doesn't do that. Thing thing number three on Zolo's five things. The defense is so in sync right now. It is crazy in sync. And there's one play in particular that I want to talk about. It's the, it's the, I don't know if it was the, it was the first Jerry Jacobs interception. On that play, so much had to go crazy right for that interception to go down. And it started with Aiden Hutchinson, who, fuck, man, he's, he's absolutely in fuego right now. And, and he had, with the world watching last night, he had a lot of people's attention with how good he was. And it started with Aiden Hutchinson rushing up the middle on that on that play in particular. Okay, that was that was the first part of it. Second thing is Brian Branch was dragging in coverage on on I think Dobbs at that point. So Dobbs wasn't even open. The third thing, someone that I am reluctant to talk about, but has been a monster for the last three weeks in particular. It's Alex Anzalone. Alex Anzalone has oh, been God. so good. He he did something. He tipped a ball. He had one good game. He did the thing. No, he's look at look at his grades. He's been outstanding for three games at this point. Tackles from behind. He he tipped he tipped a ball perfectly, and then of course Jacobs was in position. But there's one last play there that no one saw. I don't, you have to look at the at the wide angle for you to see it. You have to you have to be from the perspective of Jordan Love to see it. Tracy Walker drilled Christian Watson as soon as the ball was tipped before it was caught. Because if a ball is tipped, you could start blocking receivers anywhere, and you could stop them from catching a ball. Tracy Walker absolutely pummeled Christian Watson on that play. In this defense, <laughs> mainly Hutchinson, McNeil. There's two guys in each facet: Hutchinson, McNeil, Anzalone, Brian Branch. They're clicking like crazy right now, and they are so in sync. And that is why the last two weeks have gone how they've gone. They they went seven quarters without giving up a touchdown, essentially. I mean, come on. Like, that's like there's going to be a point. I don't think it's going to be this week because they have another lackluster team coming in and then the week after that. But there's going to be a point where we're going to be talking about this defense from a league-wide perspective and yeah, not be just careful. the Detroit Red Rifle's coming to town. He, uh, uh, Bryce Young's supposed to play. Bryce Young is going to play this week. The Red Rifle will be on call. <laughs> uh, there was one thing last night that I didn't understand just because you're talking about the defense I didn't really understand them putting Brian Branch back into that game that worried I, I agree with that I didn't like his uh, I, I don't know what happened to him they're not saying they're saying x-rays came out negative I think it might be a little more than that 
just because he was unable to put weight on that. That's, I'm watching him walk that, off. That's the field, a bad thing. And the first thing that, just because it didn't really look time. like anybody hit the first time, yeah, it didn't really look like anybody hit him. And the first thing that popped into my head when I saw him go out in the car, Aaron Rodgers Achilles. He, yeah, Achilles. that's what I same, thought. Of. Same, and no, I shit myself. He did get rolled up on. I think he yeah. had a bad ankle twist, and it was severe pain in real time, and couldn't walk on. And if you twisted your ankle before, you know that yeah. comes back later. Does that rule out a high ankle sprain? I don't think I, it doesn't. He could have that right now. But X-rays are negative, and he's fine. The second play, it looked like cramps, and I think they they eventually yeah. confirmed that. I, I agree with that. Regardless, you are one hundred percent correct. He should not have been back in that game. I think they only put him back in because Will Harris got burned immediately, and that was a problem. But that play shouldn't have even happened, so it's fine. Yeah, that play was at zeros when it happened. So, thing number three, four. Oh, excuse me. Thing number four. The Lions are who we thought they would be. They are doing what they wanted to do. They wanted to bully people in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and it showed like crazy last night, even with a banged-up offensive line. The offensive line had the lowest grades on the team other than Sewell. Decker was great last night. He gutted it out. He still gave up some pressures, and he was lowly rated. The right side is still struggling, but they bullied them. They absolutely bullied them, and on that drive in the fourth quarter— when David Montgomery, in, in a small dose of Gibbs, but when David Montgomery was having his way with the Packer defensive line, oh, my God. I'm just thinking to myself, like, this is it. This is what They're the best team in the Big Ten, the Lions. This is what they want to do. They want to be able to pound the ball. And then conversely, on the other side, the Lions defensive line for two weeks now has just played – it, there aren't even words for it. Like the, all of a sudden the sack numbers are up and the pressures are crazy and they got these quarterbacks running all over like they're nuts. And this is what they wanted to be. They wanted to be the team that could rush for and get to the quarterback. And then on the other side of the ball, they wanted to be the team that could create huge holes in the A, B, and C gap and pound it down your throats and tell you, we're going to keep doing this until you stop us. And they weren't stopped last night doing it. I, I, I can't disagree. I mean, you knocked the D-line. You knocked the D-line a lot. Do you think in the last two games there's been a big jump? Yes. Okay. I, I think that just because of uh, after they had seen the scheme from the Atlanta game, I truly think that Green Bay expected more pressure than what they got. And the other thing is, I mean, they're as deep into their roots now. Like, yeah. This team is truly gritty. It's truly, we're going to pound the ball. It was, really, ball. it was really great to see Boggs in there fired up and McNeil fired up. <sighs> that was a side to these guys that you haven't seen yet. Yeah. It's all you, starting what to What you click saw right yesterday, now. you have not seen the first three games of the year. Um, just before we get into the fifth thing, uh, President Baker in the chat wanted to know if you would take Jared Goff or Trent Dilfer. Why, why are we why why are we talking about this right now? Because one of the commenters asked. This is yeah. this is President oh, Baker. We can't just let his comments slide. Uh, Tom, I would take yeah. Colin Kaepernick. Uh, and then also, uh, Arab Arab Fantasy is requesting your presence at Whirly Bowl tomorrow. Who? Arab Fantasy. The Arabs. The Arabs. I don't know what that is. Anyways, moving on. Uh, the fifth thing. <laughs> the fifth thing. I try to sneak in a bad thing here, and there were some bad last night. I I didn't like the the Brian Branch return as well. I didn't, I didn't like the David Montgomery 30 carries. You thought he should have more or less? You, I think they should have gave Gibbs more carries. I, I wanted I, to see him utilized more. That's the one, literally, you took it out of my mouth. That's the one knock outside of Branch That's going back in the I game. Like. 
Jameer Gibbs, and I thought, I said it on Wednesday, I thought this would be his coming out party. Eight carries and four receptions. I still think it's a work in progress, and he's a rookie running back in his first four weeks of the season. And is, I, is it just me, or does he look uncomfortable catching the football? Eh, that was a bad, the one was a bad the throw. The one was a bad was throw, a I get it. Uh, I, I don't know yet, because in training camp, in, in the ones, he didn't look un- uncomfortable catching the football. Yeah. A lot of his big plays yeah. were in training camp were, were via you know, screens or whatever. I think they're just easing him in. That's okay. fine with me. I'm I'm I'm, I'm starting to think fringe, what you had said prior to this. Fringe panic. That like, that he doesn't look like a twelfth overall pick. There's there's that, but they had there was a lot of play, especially on that eight minute drive. It all goes back to that drive. There were a lot of plays where they were both on the field. They were they were doing great motions with Gibbs to drag people out wide. And I just think it's a work in progress and it's it's been a month. Um, I think he's got more to give. I think when the offensive line is healthy, you're going to see more from a running perspective from Gibbs. But there's still there's clearly a lot to be desired, and that is one. I of mean, the he's things. explosive. That there's no doubt with his explosion. There's no doubt about that. I mean, any guy in this league is explosive when they're able to get in the open field. Any yeah. guy in the league is like that. Yeah. To be honest with you, you've seen it in Miami. Well, Miami okay. has literally all the fastest guys in the league on their Well, team. that's another thing. So so thing number five, um, again, I try to sneak in a negative. I'm not gonna do that after yesterday because there's some that was that was like uh that was like an exercise the demons type win, even though they've won there a couple times in the last few years. Thing number five is the Lions fans right now. Uh buddy um, my Mike Palumbo was at that game. He was taking there pictures you go. of the game. From what I understand, the pictures didn't even do it justice. It, it yeah. was probably at half Honolulu Blue yesterday. Yes. Um, and this this is becoming a trend. It was great in Kansas City. Um, I know people that are going to Tampa, which is the next road game, and there's a lot of – listen, it's a bigger picture conversation because there's a lot of displaced Michiganders all across the country because of the way the auto industry worked. Plants moved to Tennessee. They moved to Arizona. <laughs> Uh, they they moved all over the country. There's California. there's Michigan, California. Uh-huh. There's Michiganders in Chicago all the time. So there's certain places where you're going to see a higher presence. But it's like if you used to watch when the Tigers were good ten years ago, or when the Wings were in their heyday. If you watch road games in certain cities, it would be loud. Florida, Tampa, Florida in particular, that whole west coast of Florida, and then parts of South Florida. Florida is a great example. Guess where the Lions are going next? They're going to Tampa. There's going to be a lot of Honolulu blue at that game. And then after that, they're going to Baltimore. I'm actually going to that game. I'm going to be wearing blue. There are tons of displaced Michiganders in the entire DMV area. And then the next road game after that, L.A., which that stadium gets raided every week. And you know what? When the Lions played the Rams there two years ago, there was tons of Honolulu blue there because there's a ton of displaced Michiganders all over L.A. So... If that's a trend, if this is something that we're going to sink our teeth into at this point, Lions fans have been outstanding. You're going to turn road games into really crazy atmospheres. And just shout out to Lions fans. We we deserve this. We've been waiting for this for so long. And, and this is our reward. It's paying off. And for everyone that showed up there last night, everyone that went to Kansas City, if you're going to another game this year, good for you. You deserve this. Enjoy it. That was like it was evident on TV. It was it was visible. It was loud. After the game, you took over that stadium for the second time in the last nine months, and it's fucking cool right now. This is this is great, and we deserve this. That's all. That's that's five things. I'm excited to see what the next segment of four games is going forward. Um, 
but things are really looking up right now. And we have a bonus because as of an hour ago, Jameson Williams is no longer suspended. The suspension has been rescinded. The NFL has changed their gambling policy to first-time offenses are only two games. So he was over-suspended for two games. He can report to the team on Monday, and it's time. It is JMO time. Uncle Sam, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I thought it was ridiculous that uh, he sat as many games as he did. So they, they changed all the rules around today pretty much. Whatever. Uh, you can stop somebody in the dirt and get three games. Well, Just remember no. that. First violation. I could stop Bruce in the face 20 fucking times and only get three games. You can get 64 hand jobs and only get suspended eight games. Uh, the first violation, two-game suspension without pay. Second violation, six-game suspension without pay. Third violation is one year minimum without pay. That's betting on non-NFL sports from the workplace. Okay. Betting on NFL games. Permanent suspension. Two years. Minimum of two years, maximum of lifelong banishment. Wow. So any NFL betting whatsoever. You're done. You're done, essentially, okay. is what the precedent they're setting. But this is the way that it probably should have been from the from beginning. From the beginning. Right. Now, yeah. if that was out there, I'm sure you wouldn't have seen as many of these guys doing what they were doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's clear. what it's happens clear when you make the rules now. up as you go. Right. There's no gray area. It is concrete. You bet on football, you're done. Right. You bet on anything else, you're going to sit your two games. If you don't figure it out after that, then it gets worse. So just circling back to JMO, um, he's 100% healthy from what we understand. And here's the problem. This happened last year to him too. It takes time to get indoctrinated back into an offense. And things are going a certain way right now. They probably didn't expect Sam Laporta to get as many targets as he's getting. They probably didn't expect Reynolds to be playing the role that he's playing. So now Goff has to find a way to build a rapport back with JMO. He has to just because the Marvin Jones thing is not working. Well, that's a positive. Awful. The problem is Marvin Jones' targets have just slowly depleted yeah, they over to. the last couple they days. They needed to because he's not, he's not the yeah. player he was when he was here in the past. So so here's the deal. What are we expecting from JMO? Personally, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. I, I think he's only going to get a series or two, maybe I, I in don't between. Think, you know what? If I was them, I would absolutely throw him out there and target the dog shit well, out of him. This is the because thing. you know why? It's been two fucking years, and it's time for him to step up and show everybody that he's a 12th overall but, pick. Okay, but let's look at this. All right, so last night, golf threw the ball 28 times. Right. All right, five went to St. Brown. Right. Those targets belong to him. They ain't going nowhere. Okay. Four went to Laporta. Those okay. aren't going anywhere either. I don't think those are going anywhere. It's fine. Okay. So then, obviously, you're going to lose the ones from Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. They only had four. Reynolds is his main safety valve. Right. So I, At right. this point. what I don't know. The, the, the thing I'm struggling with right now is how many. It's really, it's really, really simple. He should have at least four targets a game. And all four of those targets need to be down the fucking field. You'd be happy with period. four targets a game? Down the field. Okay. So, I don't want to see him catching a fucking 10-yard out. Here's the deal. I want him going down the fucking seam 40 yards. It's a it's a bigger picture conversation. It's that's All his targets are going to be downfield. That's what I want. But there's a bigger picture conversation. It all goes back first. It starts in the trenches. You need right. the offensive line to return to form. Okay? Because right. if they can buy Goff an extra second— what Jamison Williams does is he takes the top 
off of a defense. Correct. And, of course, Khalif Raymond's out. He's outstanding. He's incredible at that. But what Jamison Williams is going to do is he's going to develop a play downfield faster than anyone on the team. So if you're running, if you establish the run properly and you run play action properly later in the game, Jamison Williams should be down the field and should be open. At that point, it's just going to come down as the ball overthrown or underthrown. He should at least get three to four targets past 20 yards, period. It all starts with having to run the ball better because if you're if you're able to run the ball up better, you're going to be on the field more. You're going to have more passing plays. They they did. They ran the ball outstanding last night. But I think it's going to take a second for JMO to click in this offense. They're going to have to redistribute a lot of the target share. But I think there's going to be a point at the in the season where you're going to see in the back half of the season you're going to start seeing JMO do some real damage. If they had JMO yesterday. And you wouldn't have need to gave the ball to Dave Montgomery, Montgomery 30, 30 fucking times. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. You could have gave it to him twenty times, right? And or twenty one times, and at least four to five of those targets downfield to JMO. Agree. And he would probably be an open for at least fucking mm-hmm. three out of the four. And something you have to do with JMO, you can only cover him in man because he is so fast. Correct. So you need to take your best press corner. He probably is going to need safety help. Okay, Correct. but you can only cover him a certain way because he is so fast. And the payoff to that will be St. Brown and Laporta. Ex- exactly, will fucking absolutely. Exactly. Eat in from the him. middle of the field, there's going to be massive chunk plays if Jamo is dragging help people David with Montgomery them. too. It should benefit everyone. Playing up on the line of scrimmage with the Lions because they know they don't have a fucking guy who can stretch the field. Teams aren't stupid. They're not stupid. They know yeah. the Lions can't really stretch the field. Outside Raymond, they don't have a guy to stretch the field. Teams know that, and they've been playing and taking advantage of that. That's where Seattle took advantage of Detroit because they knew yep. they didn't have anybody that could stretch the field like Williams. They knew that. That's a that's, that changes the that changes the dynamics of their offense. Mouth. Correct, correct. It, it makes them even more dangerous. And once that happens, you're really going to see it open up. I agree. You're going to see the Ben Johnson 45 fucking points a game. So it's a great day to be a Lions fan. You're, and he'll be gone. You're, you're coming he'll be off, gone after this year. We're coming off one of my favorite wins ever last night. And then, you know, less 12 hours later, we get JMO off a of suspension. And let's just get these guys healthy. If these guys oh, get healthy. Get that old line oh, healthy. Get Jesus. Get guys to, to really start gelling together. And they could be something special. This might be a record. We only spent 40 minutes on the Lions. All right, let's do something else. All right, uh, moving on to some news. Um, This one I know you're going to be intrigued by. Uh, Chandler Jones, the Raiders' former star pass rusher, uh, one of the Patriot greats. Bones Jones. Um, He was booked into the Clark County Detention Center last night in Las Vegas. Okay. um, Where he uh, was picked up on two counts of – Domestic or violating a domestic temporary restraining order. He's expected to be released sometime today. Okay. Uh, the Raiders came out and made a comment. Uh, we are hopeful that Chandler Jones receives the care that he needs. He, his family, and all those involved are in our thoughts. As this is now a legal matter, we will not be providing any further comment. Um, the funny thing about this was last night before he got arrested, he went on Instagram. He went live on Instagram. And uh, we know the statements he made about the possibility of Mark Davis being some sort of pedophile in the last couple of weeks. But last night, he came after Josh McDaniels and said that none of us know what Josh McDaniels had to do with Aaron Hernandez. 
and that Josh McDaniels knows everything there is to know about Aaron Hernandez and where all the bodies are really buried. So. So they try to say he's crazy now? Uh, well, is that what everybody's saying, that, that Chandler Jones is crazy? After we got off the show Wednesday, okay, he went on Twitter in tweets that have since been rescinded and said that he was held against his will in a hospital and injected with medication that he didn't tell them to give him. Okay. So we have a kind of we have a Kanye West esque situation breaking out. Well, I, I, I no, I don't. I don't think you can say that. I mean, this is a a, a grown fucking man. That's a man, not a little fucking singer. Um, that's obviously got some issues going on, personal issues with his family, and uh, a man kind of lost his shit a little bit. But for him to start spouting that uh, Josh McDaniels knows more than what people let on to know. Uh, obviously, he's heard that either from the source or, or, or from other sources that are close to him. And uh, I, I think that, you know, to say that he's batshit crazy right now is kind of fucking jumping the gun. Maybe he knows something other people don't. Maybe. Mark Davis is a fucking weirdo. Look at him. <laughs> All you got to do is look at Mark Davis. Yeah. He's a fucking weirdo. Okay. As far as Josh McDaniels <laughs> goes, everybody knows he's a fucking douchebag. Everybody knows that. Even Tim Tebow knows he's a douchebag. I have one. God bless Tim Tebow. God bless Tim Tebow. Sorry. Praise be. Um, I have one comment, and then I have one. Um, I have one scenario. Um, well, I'll tie it all together. But imagine being, imagine being the Las Vegas firefighters or the the nurse or whoever that has to go in and stick a needle in. Chandler and Jones. Chandler Jones. Jesus Christ. And Chandler Jones. That's a and you know what? He's not even a tough one. No, I His was just going to say, imagine if he killer. calls, imagine if before the, the fire truck shows up, he calls he calls John. He's like, yo, brother. Hey, JJ, come and help me out here. Yo, brother. Yeah. These them, yeah. them firefighters are giving me killer. a hard time right now, and he calls he calls his animal one of the top UFC heavyweights ever, brother, to come yeah. and help out. Imagine that scenario playing out. Man on the planet. Uh, number two in regards to um, in regards to Josh McDaniels, he doesn't have anything to worry about because he's going to get fired for how this team's playing yeah, on the field true, yeah. before anything else happens. That's true. He's going to be gone. So, um, well, either that or get indicted. Maybe. Well, speaking of indictments, uh, we have some Bears news. Wide receiver Chase Claypool was asked today in an interview after practice if the team is using him in the best way for his talents. His response, no, they're not using me right at all. No, they don't know what they're doing. God. So, everything seems to be going even better in Chicago this week. So, Chase, um, Chase Claypool's not being used the right way? I think Chase Claypool's going to quickly find himself on Out of a waivers. job? Yeah. He yeah. should. In a clay pool. Yeah. That's why Mike in a Tom pool covered in clay, know. buried. You don't fucking put up with that garbage. There was there was a part of me like three or four years ago where I would have celebrated harder on Bears negative news than I would have on Lions good news. But I'm sick of wasting energy on the Chicago Bears. This yeah, point. that's it's, it. It's such a the, they may be overtaking the Washington Commanders for the and the Raiders are up there too. But for biggest dumpster fire franchises. Um, they've been run poorly for years. The McCaskies have no clue what they're doing. Every hire has been worse than the last one. Um, well, I mean, they haven't done anything since the fucking 
basically the early 90s. The, the, hold on. The, the Cutler team a couple years ago, there's a theory if oh, Cutler doesn't uh, get injured. Erlacher. If Cutler yeah, doesn't get injured, they beat the Packers. That's that's the theory in that championship game. Um, but other than that. That loss to the Colts. They no, no, no. That that was Super Rex Grossman. A couple years oh, later, Grossman. yeah. Cutler Cutler brought them to the NFC Championship game a couple years ago. Or yeah, but then he was ran out ago. of town. Then I ran out of town. Yeah. Well, he also sucked. So, um, He's we're all we're that. all good in the Chicago. He's married Bears. to that little yeah, bottle girl that we're supports him anyway. So who cares? No, no, they're not they're married divorced. anymore. Oh, they're not married anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, College talk. Should we talk some college football? Talk? Please, we've been putting it off. We have been, and I know this is a hot topic for both of you. Um, where would you like to start? Uh, let's go back to Coach Prime. We'll keep it brief this time. Okay. Uh, if anybody watched the Colorado-Oregon game I did. last week, I did. Uh, I did as well. It was not Colorado's best showing. Uh, we said that was going to happen to Uncle Sam. Yes, we, we did. We kind of knew that was going to happen. I, I mean, it was real nice that they beat up a, a TCU team with the first game of the year mm-hmm. that basically lost fucking 60% of their team today on NFL. And, uh, you know, first game of the year. What are you going to do? So but then, I, I have two I have two th- things I want to mention with Colorado. Okay. Um, the first is Prime had a, again, He's he's been outstanding all week. He called out one of his five-star recruits for not watching enough film, which was incredible. I thought that was really great. And I don't have the exact comment, but his comment after the game last week was it was perfect. Um, he said, "One thing I could say. I, I, do you want me to do it in the prime voice? Do you want me to talk like him? I don't care if you want to talk like prime. Go ahead. No, I don't think I can. But um, he said, one thing I could say honestly and candidly is you better get me right now.' Sanders said, "This is the worst we're going to be. You better get me right now." I I, love I agree that with quote. that. I love that quote. That being said, I still think they have a lot of losses on on the docket. Listen, they got to play USC this week. Yeah, That's I mean we can we very, can do this very tough game. We can them. do this right now. They're evading some of the good teams in the Pac-12, but they have to play USC. They get them at home, and a bunch of people are going to that game. By That's the way, tomorrow. LeBron, Lil Wayne, yeah, they yeah. have to play USC at home. They have to go to the Rose Bowl and play a decent UCLA team. They have to go to Colorado, or I'm sorry, to Utah. Those play are their last. Utah. Those are their last two games they, to end the year. They Not also, many teams have better defense. Utah is one of the best defensive teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So they're they, going to have their launches. They better pack their launches because that's going to be a really, really tough game. Yeah. So I think Utah is going to win the Pac-12 again, probably because they've okay. through through they've looked like the first or second best team through four weeks, and they haven't had their quarterback Cameron Rising. Right. So they're four and zero with some pretty big wins. They they stopped UCLA last week. Yeah. Without Cameron Rising. So on top of that, they still have a good Washington State team. We're going to talk about Washington State when we get to Mel Tucker in a little bit because their coach has become a candidate. They have to go to Washington. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, they have to go to Washington State, and they have to play another ranked Oregon State team. So that leaves their margin for error for bowl bowl eligibility. It's very, very thin right now. It is very thin. Well, they at least got to win six games. Yeah. At least six. So they're at three. Right. There's a good chance they're going to beat Stanford. There's a good chance they're going to beat Arizona State. And there's a good chance that they're going to beat Arizona. You you cannot lose one of those games if you want to be bowl eligible because right. then you got Utah, you got Washington State, you got USC, Oregon State. There's the the margins razor thin. I love what Prime has done this year. It's been great. I think he's going to have a lot of recruits coming in, but razor thin margin for error, Uncle Sam. 
So what what happens from here? What do you guys think happens from here? Do you think that do you think they make bowl eligibility? Do you think that they do you think prime leaves? Like where where are we at on the prime conversation? So I think that they're gonna win one game that they shouldn't win. I think they come out of this somehow. Let me stop you. Don't you think there's a shot? I agree with you. I think they're gonna end up winning one of those big games. But do you think that they lose one of those games that they're supposed to win too? It's hard for me. I don't think so. I think he's going to have him. This is the thing, right? Obvious, Oregon, Oregon's a perennial college football team, in my opinion. There, would you would you say Oregon's? If you if you watch that game, you really seen the talent difference. Yeah, I mean and that was huge, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Colorado they, they were does not fired have up. the studs on the defensive side of the ball to compete. No, with the UC, with the USC's and the and the Oregon's, they don't have it. No, and, and he knows that. And and I, I'm with you. And another element with Oregon is they had been hearing so they were so ready to put. And, yeah. and Colorado State was the week before too. But mm-hmm. but Oregon in particular was so ready to just take that prime narrative they and did. just stomp they it did. into the ground. And they did. They, Their coach, they used that as bolt and board all yeah, week. Yeah, 100%. No, I, I, I agree. Their coach, Dan Lanning, who I think is one of the best coaches in college football at this point and is a very up-and-coming guy, he was on that 2015 Alabama staff that featured Mel Tucker. It featured Tosh Lupoy, who he replaced at Oregon. It featured Kirby Smart. It featured Lane Kiffin. Uh, I'm missing some names right now. Mar- Mario Christ- <laughs> Mario Cristobal, who's at yeah. Miami now, uh, the Florida head coach. I can't remember his name, but they um, uh, they they're so the way those coaches, their mindset. Other than Mel Tucker, he's the outlier, but their mindset in terms of cutthroatness and getting their teams motivated. Dan Lanning had that team ready to play. Yeah, I'm Jack. And that team. Let's let's be honest. That Oregon team returned a lot of starters from last year. A lot of guys from last year, mm-hmm. and and that's huge for them. Bo Nix is a top yeah. twenty quarterback. You look at the teams probably. that are struggling right now. The teams at the top that are struggling, Alabama still struggling. Georgia, as good as they are, they're struggling. Michigan is struggling. They can't run the football. They lost so much on their offensive line. This is this is what's going on. This is your new wage, new new wave of college football that's coming. Because every year, teams like Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, all these teams, they send all these, they send, listen, the top 300 players of college football go to the fucking pros every year, 255 to be exact, or 58. They go to the pros every year. And in the first round alone, Georgia put seven guys in the first round alone last year. I mean, they do it every year. Alabama put five to six guys. There's in always going to be every a down year. year or two. So there's going to be that year, like right now. Outside, uh, I would like you to name one quarterback beside the Michigan quarterback who has any kind of experience to run a team in the Big Ten. In the, like currently in the Big one Ten, one quarterback. You talk about outside Kate McNamara. There's none in the Big Ten. Exactly. And that matters too. Exactly, experience, that matters. Big experience time. matters in college. The football. guy that's at Georgia, inexperienced. The mm-hmm. guy that's at Alabama. That's Alabama's biggest problem. The guy who's at Ohio State doesn't have any experience. He's played well though. He's played well, but I'm just saying he's not. They haven't played a big, big game yet. That's coming. So, wait, you're talking about Ohio State hasn't played a big, big game? Correct. Wait, they just outside their last game. 
That was a big, big game. It's Notre Dame. Come on, dude. Uh, you know what? You know Notre something? Dame hasn't been relevant in 10 years. Honest dude. to God, and I'm starting to agree with him on this Notre Dame take. It seems like every time Notre Dame's in that big game. They choke. They fucking choke. Okay, agree. They're I'm, a choke. I'm and Brian Kelly was a better coach than the rest of these guys. I, I'm Notre happy. Dame's con- set con- constant choke job. I'm happy you said that because I think Notre Dame is a joke, an yes. absolute joke. Join and a they, conference. And they also did choke the game away. Yeah, they, they literally did. choked the game away. For those that didn't see, uh, they had the ball with four minutes to go after getting a stop on fourth down. And they started throwing the ball and stopping the clock, and they gave Ohio State the ball back in order to get that drive going where Ohio State won the game. But you cannot take credit from Ohio State, and that is a big game. I don't care what you say. I've been to Notre Dame a couple times before, and it's fucking insane there. And that environment was insane. I've seen Notre Dame play back when they were Notre Dame. Yeah. Not now. When they were real. Not now. I agree with you. Brian Back Kelly's Notre real. Dame's Brian Kelly's Notre Dame's teams were were jo- their playoff team was a joke. And the year they lost to Alabama, twenty twelve in the national championship game, Wait a they were a joke. They did not belong in there. They, I'm with they you. Were, they were outgunned, outmatched, out everything yeah. in that game. And Manti Teo with his made up girlfriend and all that bullshit, stupid. <laughs> but anyway, I remember all that. I remember Notre Dame when they were fucking Notre Dame. When people were afraid to play them because these guys would come in and they would absolutely ass hammer people. You haven't seen that shit in decades, that's, man. That's fair. That's fair. You haven't seen it in, in 30 years. That's fair, but that's still an extremely hot. It was a close game for a yeah. reason, and it was still an extremely hostile environment. And trust me, I'm the biggest Michigan fan. If, if I could take credit from Ohio State, I would love to do that. But they went in there and they won. And credit to them, I don't think. I don't think Notre Dame holds a candle to Penn State, and I certainly don't think they hold a candle no. to Michigan. No. But no. that's still a huge win for a, an I inexperienced— I think Penn, Penn State and Michigan are both better than that Notre Dame. You talked about experience, though, and now Kyle McCord, Ohio State's right. quarterback, he's got that one game of experience. Did he play outstanding? No, but he's been good this year, and he still went into Notre Dame at night on the road and got a win. That'll yeah. benefit them against Penn State, and that'll benefit them against Ohio, uh, Michigan when they eventually play Michigan. We'll see. Uh, about that deal, I I do know this, but Ryan Day, don't you you know, the old man Lou Holtz is old and senile. Leave him alone, dude. <laughs> if that guy says anything, you take that with a grain of salt. It's that guy. That guy hasn't even fucking. I, I will say this. He's sharper than I thought he would be, especially at his age. His response was sharp. Older than dirt. His response to Ryan Holt. Day was sharp. Yeah, he's he, older he, than he dirt. He clapped back pretty nice to the clapback. What do you mean? He's, he, not, he's only 86. So he blamed Michigan. He's old. He doesn't even know where he's at. Hey, Diane Feinstein's old he's ass right, died at diaper? 90 today. What? You didn't know she died? What? Oh yeah, she cried. Diane Feinstein. Yeah, that was inevitable. She that was that was Lawyer? some weekend. That was Still some fucking. Uh, Diane Feinstein was weekend at Bernie's. Literally, her staff was was controlling her corpse for the last two years. Oh my oh, wow. god! You didn't know that? I did not no, know. I, she, yeah. I think you know what? I had heard something. She about was ninety. That. Wow. Yeah, Mitch McConnell's next probably. Well, that's that's Mitch that's McConnell. the only way you can that's get rid of another weekend at Bernie hey, situation. That's the only way you can get rid of these fuckers. If you're the only way. if you're dying in office, you're too old to be in, be office. in office. That's a story for another time. No, we're gonna get sidetracked. We gotta talk football. This is a football. I'm show. talking football. Anyways, hold on. Going back to Ohio State. Yeah. I I don't think Ohio. I think Ohio State is better than we're, than you're giving them credit for. But I think that they're going to lose to Penn State. I just got that feeling. Lou Holtz said that. 
they're, that they're not tough. They're not physically tough. Correct. And I will say this. The last two years against Michigan, they've been physically beat up. Mm-hmm. Bullied. They've physically been beaten up Bullied. by Michigan. By Michigan. And it wasn't even close. Now, mind you, Michigan's turned over their roster it's the not, last two It's years. not as much as you think. They've turned over their roster, yeah, they have. but they're returning more Correct. starters than any team in and the they, Big they, Ten this they year. They do have a lot of experience. Michigan has more yeah. experience outside the offensive line. They have more experience at the positions in Ohio State. Their, their offensive line is still, no, it's still more experience. And they have seven guys oh, yeah. that can get drafted on the offensive line. No, they're Probably. not. They're, they're, the most, they're upperclassmen, most of them. And that's, no. that's where Michigan's program has changed. Is Sharon Moore came in? Yeah, they, they 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 can't run block right now. Currently, but that, I thought that's what that's why you're seeing the running backs who were both supposedly Heisman candidates. Wait, that hold on. They're not even in the picture. Bla- Blake Corum's got a Heisman campaign going on right yeah, now. Maybe. And and in their second half the other day, we'll, we'll touch on Michigan real quick because there's not okay. a lot to touch on. They haven't been great. In their second half the other day, I thought they were decent. I thought they completely they're revamped okay. everything on both ends, and I thought they were doing everything. That was their best half of football was the second half. They could do football. that against Penn State, I'll believe it. Hey, I'm I'm with you. That's it. I'm with you. It goes they back do that to the, against Penn State and Ohio State, I believe. It goes back with Penn State, though, with Drew Allaire, who's been good. I think he's a little overrated, but yeah. it's it's going to go back to the experience. He's got him at home. Yeah. They don't have him at night at home, though. Okay. And and Michigan went into – they went in, with Cade McNamara two years ago. They went into Happy Valley right. and won in a similar game. Um, I just think Michigan, when it comes down to that, I'm with you. If you want, McNamara. Shout out to Cade McNamara. Where's he at? Iowa. He's been talking Iowa. mad shit this week. Yes, he has. Have you seen that? And I'll tell you what, Iowa's offense is an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Yeah. Absolute dumpster fire. Yeah, he's on I don't watch. know if you've seen it. It's not good. And and I think we talked about it on the show already, but do yeah. do, do you know Brian Ferentz contract clause? Yes. They got to score 25 points. Yeah, so they're trending in the wrong direction there. And and he spent, Cade McNamara spent all week blaming the coaching staff. Like, not all week, but they asked him, and he goes, I just throw the ball. I just do what I'm told. His yeah, receivers have combined for two touchdowns, and he's got, like, 14 completed passes. And said, people love that kid here. A lot of people like that kid, still like him here. You beat Michigan State if J.J. McCarthy starts that game two years ago. And if and you you fare, you don't beat Georgia, but you fare slightly better against Georgia if J.J. McCarthy starts. Not going to Michigan State with Kenneth Walker. No, Michigan. If, not going to happen, bud. I mean, do we want to talk about the six he calls? He single-handedly ran all over Michigan. That's that's fine, but do we want to talk about the six calls that, that went against Michigan that game, the home cooking? It doesn't even matter. He he got the— he ass-punched the Michigan defense. What do you have, like five touchdowns in that game? Six you know touchdowns? what? This is a perfect crazy. perfect transition because had that game not happened, that game was the best thing that ever happened to Michigan football because you know what happened? They went on to win all their games from then on out other than the Georgia game. The only game. thing that would have happened and better in that game is that if Kenneth Walker had ran to the sidelines and stuck his helmet right in Jim Harbaugh's ass. That's, that's, <laughs> listen, listen. That would have been the only thing I would have been entertained That was the see. best thing to happen to Michigan because you know what happened? That's the game that got Mel Tucker his contract extension and turned the Spartan program into a tailspin. And Michigan, yeah, you're right. Michigan you're has right. accomplished every goal that they've accomplished other than a national I, championship I can, I, can, I can honestly say this. Them running uh, D'Antonio um, out of town was the stupidest thing they've ever done. His his teams were going to shit, though. The stupidest He couldn't recruit anymore, and his teams were going like this. But a lot of the his stupidest thing they ever did went, went away, too. 
I mean, why. but Mel Tucker was given <clears throat> a massive money pool to sign coaches and then didn't do it. Or, well, he did no, it. No, he but signed guys. He signed guys. He just shit. overpaid for bad coaches. Listen, this is a perfect transition. This is a perfect transition. Everything you do at Michigan State is predicated around if you beat Michigan. And Mel Tucker beat Michigan in a highly emotional game and More got one, one of the biggest contracts the first one was, I mean, if you want to give it to him, that's fine. Listen, it's the he, second one that got him the contract extension. Him. What about last year? Oh, they lost. And what, is, and what has he done? He had a losing season the first year. He beat Michigan. Had a winning season. Good job. He beat Michigan. Michigan went on to win the to win the Big Ten and go to the college football playoff. He made playoff. $71 million, dude. He's not getting that $71 million. Oh, he'll get it. He's not. Yeah. He'll get it. He might get Watch, 20 or $30 million of it, but oh, he's not going to get Oh, he's going to get more than everybody thinks. You know why? Number one, it's racist what they did to him. It's sexist what they did to him, and it's just not right. You can't fire somebody on innuendos and 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 just he said listen, she said. We're not listen, going back it's down bullshit. this road. Listen, we're going down we're, the road. We're not, now I'm we're going to truck about, down the he's road not getting, right now and unloading it. Now he's not getting fired for that. Shit. He's not getting fired God for bless that. Mel Tucker. He's getting fired because that fan base just doesn't want a, a horny Whatever. bastard as their coach. The holier now fan, fan base at Michigan State. Give me a fucking break. I'm stopping this right now. Who's replacing Mel Tucker? I gave you a Who's nice list. Who's going to replace him? Who do I think should replace him? Who Let's, do I think is going to replace him? There's only one coach that I would agree with replacing him. On this list that I, I know who I, he's going to say. I know hold he's on, not on, on the list. Hold on. Is it D'Antonio? No. Oh, I thought he. It's, there's somebody that's not on this it list. It might be. They're not on this list that I wish would go back to coaching because I think he's one of the greatest coaches <laughs> of all time. you say fucking Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. cack right now. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson. And let me tell you something right now, Lou Holtz. Don't you ever threaten Jimmy. Jimmy will kill you with the hammer of God. So let's go through the list. I'm a little more versed with it than you guys, so I'll, I'll break it down. I think, I don't know the numbers, but I think it's five or six out of the nine names I, I gave you guys on this list uh-huh. have coaching ties already to Michigan State, whether they were there before or they played there. But the first guy is really big right now. It's, it's Mike Elko, who's the head coach of Duke. Duke has a massive game this weekend against Clemson, and um, there's a lot of spotlight on – I'm sorry, Duke's playing Notre Dame this weekend. I'm sorry. Uh, there's a okay. massive spotlight on Mike Elko because Duke has played really well this year. They already went into Clemson and won. <clears throat> I think they're undefeated. So Mike Elko is the first name on the list, and he had this quote today that's got all the Spartan friends in a tizzy because yeah, they Clemson's they watch the movie right they watch the movie 300 before every game, and they do the they do all the Spartan chants in the wor- in the weight room. Who does? Uh, uh, the Duke the players. Duke players, Duke players. Dude, that's great. Number two is Dan Enos, the offensive coordinator from Arkansas. He used to coach at Central. I don't yeah. know if you guys remember that. I, so he's yeah. familiar with the area. Number three is Matt House, who's LSU's defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator. Number four is Charles Huff, who's the who's the head coach of Marshall. Great coach. Number five is a familiar name, Pat Narduzzi, former D coordinator of Michigan State. He's currently the head coach at his alma mater, which is Pittsburgh. Uh, number six is Mike Trussell, also is at Michigan State. Mike Trussell is Jim Trussell's son, probably hates Michigan, and he was, I think in the latter half, after Narduzzi left, I think that's who took over, was Mike Trussell as the D coordinator. Uh, seven is a recently hot name. We talked about Washington State earlier in the Pac-12. They're looking really good right now. It's Jake Dickert. See, I want coach. a young coach here. I Jake Dickert's I want a young coach. Guy. I want a younger guy who's uh, got a good, good mind. That's going to come in here and actually put this program in the right way. The, the problem is this. The better Michigan State is, the better the Big Ten is. When you got teams that are just dog shit like Duke and, and fucking Vanderbilt and uh, fucking 
Purdue and Rutgers. The better these teams get, the better your conference gets. So, so, so then hold on, gets though. A, a significant coaching candidate will help nothing but the conference. Are you are you criticizing the the where these coaches are currently coming from? Is that your no, is that I'm not your criticizing point? where they're coming from? What I'm criticizing is this: I I don't want to see older guys like Pat Narduzzi, who's been around, he's been around, round the block a few thousand times. I want a young, fresh guy in there. Him and I want Enos, a young guy in there. Him and Enos are probably the oldest yeah, guys on this list. They are. I don't think Spartan fans want Pat Narduzzi <laughs> because he hasn't accomplished shit at Pitt. I mean, he did right. for a couple years, but he's also talked a lot of shit about Michigan State since he's left there. And it brings I, I will up say the, this. He was the best defensive coordinator that Michigan State has had since fucking—I I can't remember. I'm starting, starting to remember his name back in the 80s. He was my guy at Michigan State. The, the real quick, the last Percy two Snow was linebacker at Michigan State. The last two guys on the list that I want to talk about is is Lance Leopold from Kansas, who turned a really bad Kansas program around. They have a big game this weekend against hey, Texas. The big giant fat, fat guy that used to be at Kansas, Dad. Charlie Weiss. He was that Notre Dame? No, not Weiss. it wasn't him. No, oh. he was that. Kansas. I know you're talking about. He was the guy after Charlie Remember Weiss. He used to send me pictures of them, say, "Hey, is that you?" Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah. Mark Mangino. <laughs> That's Mark it. Mangino. That's it. <laughs> That was my man Not right there, Not to be there, confused dude. with the Mangenius, Eric Mangini. I, I remember him on the sidelines screaming at his guys. I'd be afraid to come oh, to the sidelines. Oh, he's still alive. He's still alive. He is Where, still alive. Is he coaching? Uh, no, his last coach, he was the t- last time coaching, he was the tight ends coach at Iowa State in 2015. So the last God uh, bless him. The last candidate I I think is great. It's Sean Lewis, who is uh, Colorado's offensive coordinator. And Sean Lewis, he came from Kent State, won a couple MAC titles. He's right. familiar with the region, and he didn't get fired from Kent State. Prime just hired him to go to Colorado. Who's the guy on this list that you guys think? Uh, for me, it's Sean Lewis and then Charles okay. Huff. Charles Huff at Marshall yeah. was the recruiter of the year. He's close with Joe Moorhead, who was the former coach at Mississippi State. I think he's at Toledo now. Or I don't know where he is. Akron. I think he's at Akron now. And I think that That's Charles what Huff— I, I want that young guy who can actually go and recruit and bring in guys— to buy into his system. And that's that's what I want. I don't want some old relic here because that's not gonna hurt that's not gonna help the program. You need some new blood in there to turn things around. Well, you need someone that could recruit and work the transfer portal. And I wanna right. say something about Michigan State real quick from a Michigan fans perspective. Um, Michigan State, people are saying, why would you want to go there? It's the same reason Mel Tucker went there. It, you know, it's 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 not some crazy undesirable job. Right. It's it's in arguably the Big Ten East is either the first or second best division in college football. It's the Big Ten East and maybe SEC West. It's a two horse race between those two conferences, okay? Or between those two divisions. On top of that, the Big Ten is getting starting next year or next year and then the year after, they're getting USC, they're getting UCLA, and then eventually Washington and Oregon. And eventually there's going to be more teams. They're going to get some of those ACC teams, okay? So coaching at a Big Ten school, no matter which school it is, is desirable. No matter what. Another good thing about Michigan State is they've won. It's a program that has won in the last couple years. They went to the college football playoff in the last 10 years. They won a New Year's Six Bowl game two years ago. He beat Pittsburgh in Atlanta in the Sugar Bowl. Um, And on top of that, you can recruit Detroit. There were more NFL players from Detroit high schools than any other city's high schools on opening kickoff week one. You instantly get Detroit. If you get a guy that can recruit the South, that can recruit the the rest of the Midwest, this is a desirable job. And also, the money is there at Michigan State. It's clearly there. You have 
two guys, two billionaires that have been in a pissing contest between Dan Gilbert and Matt Ishbia, and they don't care. They'll throw any money at their athletic department to make sure it's relevant. So they're going to get a good guy. It's going to be the young guy. It's going to be whoever is going to get the job done, but they're going to get someone good. And I just want to say to whoever thinks whoever thinks that Michigan State is not a desirable job, I think it is a desirable job, and I'm a Michigan fan. I think Michigan State's going to get a good head coach. The difference between— I can tell. I can tell. I've always been a state fan. The difference between this hiring cycle and the last one where they ended up with Mel Tucker, it was in May. Mel Tony Tucker, Banks. Mel Tucker was in May when he got hired. They're going to have a full coaching hiring cycle to find a good coach, and I think they're going to get one. Is it the is it the best job in America? Fuck no. Is there going to be better are there going to be better jobs open? Yes. But Michigan State is going to get a good coach and it's going to probably come from this list. How's that for college football talk? It's fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Should we um, pick week four? It's longer I, than the 10, 15 you want to spend. <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's because no, he got good. off the rails with Mel Tucker. Listen, it's, you have to remember, when we say that Lions Talk's only going to be 20 minutes and fo- college football's only going to be 10, that's 40 and 30 easily. So oh, those are just adding on to it. Yeah, but, you know, as long as we're having fun. Let's head into week four, baby. Let's go week four. Um we're starting off in London, in London. The fucking games. Falcons are playing the Jaguars at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time at Wembley Stadium. Jacksonville is a three-point favorite in this game. Uh, by the way, we use Yahoo Sports for all of our lines. Ja- I checked, which one we call it? Jacksonville is a three-point favorite on there, too. I don't know if that switch okay. printed. I, I probably typo when I it typed It could have been a typo. Either I, way. I put in the wrong spot. Games because they never live up to any kind of. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about Lions-Falcons from five or six years ago where Matt Prater drilled a 50-yarder as time expired? They're just not high-scoring games. I hate the London games because half the time they're not on TV, and I want to watch football. And that's a weird time. They are on TV, but they're on at 8 o'clock. They're not always on TV. They're not, And sometimes they're regional for the teams that are playing. Correct. They're trying to change that, though. They're trying to make sure that if there's a standalone game, it's on TV. Because when they bring the next four teams in, which actually the next four teams will be based in Europe. This one is, okay. We're not going down this conspiracy theory hole right now. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's it's what it's going to be. London okay. will get a team in the next ten years. We're done with the conversation. Either way, I'm, I'm this off. game is going football. to be this game is going to be on ESPN. Hello, Jacksonville's a three point favorite. The over. We're under- in bloody London for our next game. I order the picky blinders. Shut up before you feel the back of me hand. You got to pick. Is it? Are we? Are we doing the Irish? Or are we doing the English accent? Because you do that when you're doing Irish references. I'm all over the place. <laughs> you guys are both tired over here. Uh, I'm gonna take. Oh, I don't know who I'm gonna take in this game. I know I'm taking the under. You want me to go? Go ahead. Yeah. I I like the Jags. That's a home game for them. There's this weird scenario. Remember we were talking about the Jag Stadium early in the summer? Yes, yes. There's a lot of pushback in Duval County on the stadium, and there's a weird scenario. Con has been wanting to push this team. He's been wanting to get rid of of Jacksonville for five years. So so one one of these games, Jacksonville's in London next week there, too. It's two weeks in a row. One of these games is a home game, and one of them is a road game. Let's say they sweep the two games. What if there's immense pressure from London? We're like, we'll we'll pay you a lot of money to move this team here. Let, let me tell you something right now. Uh, they're already going to change their name. The London Crumpets. That's going to be the new NFL Crumpets. team, the London Crumpets. On that note, I'm Formerly going. Formerly the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going with the Crumpets minus three and a half. 
And I also like the under because the under tends to hit in those London games. Guys, the, the offenses drag their feet in the London games. Go ahead. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons to cover in this game. I fucking knew it. Any under. Do you think the Falcons are going to win? No, I'm taking them to cover. It's three-point three. game. It's three. So it'll be a 28-27 to 27 game. Can you ever say who you want to win and then? Say I can tell you why I want to win. I, I think Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is going to lose this game. I, I want the Falcons to win. Okay. Okay. Better. Better. That's better. Better. I'm okay. going to take Jacksonville minus three in the under. I'm taking the under also. Um, next up, we have. This is, in my opinion, is the game of the week. Uh, I I don't know why this game is a one o'clock game. And then what do we get on Sunday night football this week? Uh, is it the Chiefs what's, at the what's, Jets? Chiefs, uh, Jets. Jesus, what, couldn't they have flexed? What's the out? temperature in uh, Buffalo right now? Probably seventy. It's supposed to be a warm weekend all warm over. Warm weekend over yeah. there. Okay, um, it, should, it should be a fucking goddamn. Track Sunday, meet. the high is seventy-seven. There, it's going to be a track meet there in uh, Buffalo. Buffalo is a two and a half point favorite. Over under is fifty-three and a half points. I know that fifty-three and a half points is a lot of points. That's a shitload of points, but I am taking the over in that game, no questions asked, and I'm going to take Miami to cover the two and a half. I'm going to take the over in Miami to cover. Miami to win. Miami to win. Yeah, I just don't trust I, the Bills. I think I their need... two wins are fluky. Um, not fluky. They just play bad teams, and I I think Bills. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think Dolphins D is going to be stout enough. I I let's we'll have fun. Fuck it. We're going to go with the over. It's a fun over. We're going yeah. the over, um, and we're all going Miami. Over in Miami. Over Got in that, Miami. Bruce? I got it. All right. Uh, also, this game. I, I last week we said we were going to do our our anytime touchdown scorer. Uh, I have two from this game. Okay. One is Tyreek Hill. Easy. Okay. Because I mean, if you just you're you're almost guaranteeing yourself a win if you bet Tyreek Hill to score a touchdown. Okay. Okay. And my second one is Stephon Diggs because he needs to get one in this game. I'll be shocked if he doesn't end up with one. I almost wanted to go Babe Davis, but I'm going to go Stephon Diggs. If somehow Stephon Diggs doesn't come out of this game with a touchdown, I will be shocked. Uh, moving on. In what I in what I truly think <laughs> could be, you know, how last week we said we had toilet bowls and dumpster fires and all the above. No, no, no. On the contrary, this. Is the toilet bowl. This is the fucking shit storm. This is the dumpster fire to end all dumpster fires. The Denver Broncos are heading to Chicago to play the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. Denver is a three and a half point favorite. The over under is 46. I don't have it. The uh, the big question, it's it's down on the list. Oh, it's number 11 sorry. on the list. Oh, the, I see it. Okay. The big question is how the hell do you give. Do you get 70 dropped on you and then go the following week and, because, and, and you're a three-point favorite on the road? That's how bad the Chicago Bears are. <laughs> I think Sean Payton is not going to choke this away, and I like the Broncos to cover. I think it's going to be a statement game for the Broncos. I like I like the over in this game. You I, do? I do like the over. Wow. wow. I think the Broncos are going to come close to hitting it themselves, and I like the Broncos to cover that minus three. All right, I don't know if I'm that confident in the Broncos, but I'm going to take Denver minus three and a half. And you say what you want right now. And I'm taking fantasy the over. In fa as a fantasy right now, 
Our man is ranked like third or fourth. Who? Who do you think? I, I don't Denver know. Denver quarterback is ranked third or fourth, even though he's doing in calisthenics what? on the airplane. He's third or fourth ranked. What? In fantasy, his point. <laughs> in what fucking he's, world he's are you living 10, in, dude? Oh, he's ranked sixth. Thank you. Hello. I think he's going to have a big week. I think Russell Russell gonna Wilson is going to have a big week. I think every Bronco last week, Nobody every talked. healthy Bronco is going to be a good play this week. Okay, yeah. hold on. When you say he had a big week last week, they lost by fifty fucking points. It doesn't. What were you so, supposed to do? Hey, Russell Wilson they, they still, had a great afternoon. They put up twenty-eight points. What did they he put, put up, up last week? They put up twenty. What did he put up last week? In his fifty-point loss, he put up a seventeen. Okay, that's not bad. And Dolphins D's decent too. Moving on. Wait, hold on. I'm taking Denver minus three and a half in the over. I'm taking the under in Denver. Denver in the under. Yeah. So Denver in the over, Denver in the over, Denver in the under. Life is too short to go with the under, man. I agree. Life is too short to go with the fucking under. Moving on. We have a (laughs) (laughs) we have a big fat. Divisional game. I don't know where you're sleeping here. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens are heading to Cleveland to play the Browns. You're all over the place. You're not following the itinerary. I'm not following no, no, no. the he's, itinerary. He's going, he's going okay. off of Yahoo. Yeah. I, it's, okay. it's my fault. You can it's blame not your me. Fault. No. Look at the screen. We yeah, these look at the screen. For a reason. Hello. He can't read the screen. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's true. He's got no chance. <laughs> there. Even with the bi vocals. I'll hold up the number of where we are. I'll go. Here. Okay. I'll even zoom in for you. There you go. Go ahead. Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is heading Browns. into Cleveland to play the Browns. The Browns are a one-point favorite in this game. The over-under is 39. Deshaun Watson may not play. The line shifted from minus <laughs> two and a half to one and a half or minus two to one. Why ain't Watson playing? His shoulder. His shoulder. And they, they signed a court, or uh, I'm sorry, Dorian Thompson Robinson has gotten the first team snaps the last two oh, days shit. of practice. They're done. Um, Stefanski is hopeful that Deshaun Watson can play. I think Dorian Thompson Robinson's incredible. He was awesome in college. And I'm just curious if he does play. I'm curious how he runs the offense because he's the type of guy that Kevin Stefanski can utilize properly and make sure that things he's get the done. the kind of guy that fucking John Harbaugh will feed on. Maybe. Especially a rookie. Um, so a couple, couple thoughts on this game. Uh, if the Browns do find a way to win this game, if a uh, hypothetical, let's say Deshaun Watson plays, they're favored by the way, they're favored. Even yeah. with the question marks on Deshaun Watson, if the Browns win this game and Deshaun Watson play either way, they win it. That's a huge exclamation point on their season so far. And that gives them some real credibility. I don't think that's going to happen though. I think Baltimore if Watson doesn't play. You could probably just go the the Ravens way. It's, Either it's way, the bottom line. Listen, we can't play on spec here. We well, got to decide. We got to be definitive. I'm going to decide right now. I'm going to I'm going to take the Browns in this. And has he been? The, have the Browns I'm been? I'm taking the over. I'm um, excuse me. Has Deshaun Watson been that good that we think that him not playing? No, is I, I think the defense is that good. Yeah. Okay. I'm I really you. do. I'm going to take Baltimore to cut. You took the Browns, right? Correct. Browns and the under. Uh, whatever. I'm going to take Baltimore in the over. I'm going to do something crazy. I'm going to take the Browns. Wow. Um, Ravens were my AFC Super Bowl pick. I think they're lacking a little bit right now, and I think the Browns have this weird mojo going for them. I'm going to take the Browns because I like them at home. Can you bark for me, Uncle Sam, for the dog pound? No. Will you well, do, I'm taking will, the under. Will you do it week 17 or 18 if I ask you to bark? I'll you, let you know. 
Well, I'm taking the Browns at home. I'm taking the Browns at home because of the dog pound. And if Dorian Thompson Robinson plays, watch him. It's just a perfect situation for a guy that's played well in big games out west before. It's a perfect situation for him to grab the reins and maybe not look back while Deshaun Watson is getting kicked I, I while he's down. I would love to see that. Tug and rub put out of his fucking job. This could be it. This is the opportunity of the lifetime yeah. here. So give me the Browns and give me the under. Moving I on. I think the same. Moving on. The Cincinnati Bengals are heading to Nashville to play the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Number seven. This is a fucking dumpster fight. The Bengals are a two and a half point favorite. The over under is 41. Listen, I, I've said this will be the fourth week in a row I said it. They can't be this bad for this long, right? They can't be this bad. There's too much talent for them to be this bad for this long. Also, they're going up against the Titans. All right, I know this is where you're going to say the Titans defense isn't something to be laughed at. Okay, because that's your usual fucking take. But at the end of the day, it's Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry's averaging three yards per carry on the year. He only has one touchdown. I'm not buying into it. The Bengals defense is too good. They will win this game in an ugly fashion. So I'm going to take Cincinnati minus two and a half in the under. Oh. I agree. Me, me three. All the way. Me Same three. way. Arab Fantasy last night, they all hate Joe Burrow for some reason. They think he's overrated, and I got in a fight with them why over Joe Burrow, over Justin Herbert. They just hate Joe Burrow because he's from Ohio, but like I saw Joe Burrow win, and I thought Joe Burrow, even though he didn't play great, was the reason the Bengals, that the, they, they were, won Monday night. Yeah, They play off of his backs. This is going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be low scoring, and people are going to get the shit beat out of him. Uh, I'll say this, watch. Watch out for T. Higgins. Because in yeah. games following big Jamar Chase games, T. Higgins tends to go off. I think T. Higgins has a big game this week. I like the Bengals to cover. I think they soundly win because the wheels are slowly getting put back on, and I like the under as well. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to take my third anytime touchdown score, and that's going to be T. Higgins this week. <laughs> because I, the Bengals can't be that bad for that long. It just can't. They can't be. Yeah. Like it has to come. I, th I think they turned a corner last week. Yeah, I think this is going to be. Even though they didn't look great, they turned a corner. They might. Next up, the Los Angeles Rams are heading up to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Anthony Richardson will be playing in this game. <laughs> Perfect. The Colts are a one-point favorite. The over/under is forty-six. Who wants to start on this? Stafford low-key plays bad at Lucas Oil Stadium. Is that what they're calling it these days? Yeah. Did, did, did it change the name? No, um, that's still it. Yeah, and and short, they, they have to go. I don't know if they stayed around these, this part of the world, but they had to go to Cincinnati on Monday. Then you go back, and then you got to go back to Indy, and he's historically played bad in Indy. I think that the Colts are tougher than people think. I like the Colts, even though that's probably an upset. I like the Colts. And I'm going to go with the – Ooh, this is a tough one. I forty six. Ah, the under. I so, agree. So you're All both going Colts. And I'm Bucks. going Colts and the under. So this game was a Rams one point favorite until they announced Richardson is going to be active. They didn't say he's going to play. They said he will be active. I don't. I don't care. How many times have we seen Matthew Stafford lose to a backup quarterback? Before? I think Gardner Minshew should be the guy anyway. There. Give me, give me the Colts minus one and the under in this as well. It, this has all the makings to be that the real ugly game of the fucking yeah. week right there. The 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 twelve almost as bad nine. as the Broncos Bears. 
Nothing's as bad as the Broncos okay. versus the Bears. Nothing. Next up, we have a divisional game where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heading to New Orleans to play the Saints. New Orleans is a three and a half point favorite over under 39 and a half. This one is going to be very interesting to see where everybody goes here. I'm excited. Uncle Derek Carr going to play. He's questionable. Questionable. He hasn't practiced this week. Fuck. So, wait. Hold on. Does that mean we might all agree? Who's who's the backup in New Orleans? It's 30-30. 30-30. The 30-30. You know what? I'm going to roll the dice. Do here. it. I, I know this sounds it. stupid, but I think they're due. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh. to upset. You know, you're yes, such sir. a put. We were, we were wrong, by the way. At home, and I'm taking the under. We were wrong, by the way. The Bucs, I mean, they, typically they get dominated by the Saints, but the Bucs actually swept the Saints last year. I didn't know they that. They did, eh? I yeah. thought Tom Brady lost to them twice. Yeah, so did I. So did I. But no, they they, they okay. lost to him the Super Bowl year. They didn't lose to them last year. You know what? You're, you're I'm a ta- bitch. I'm, ta- I'm taking them. Because I, I think if Derek Carr doesn't play, that 30-30 will come in and, and just fuck everything up. You're a bitch. Why? Because all, you know, Listen, because you're supposed I'm not to have Tampa, the, you're supposed I'm not to have the Tampa Bay, New England Patriot bandwagon jumper like you are. You're supposed to Because that's have... all you are. Oh, Tampa Bay, oh, greatest team of all time. Oh, fucking goddamn fucking Patriots. <laughs> You're fuck, supposed to have 30-30s back. You. You're supposed to have 30-30s Whatever. Back. What happened to you, bandwagoner? You don't even talk about... You got everything uh, New England Patriot under the sun in this fucking house, and, and I don't hear you ever talk about them ever again. They were your team. You've been to Gillette Stadium more times than fucking, than fucking Tom Brady. Say then Ford Field. Hit him where it hurts. He's, He's been, been there more than Ford Field. You're <gasps> exactly right. You're exactly right. He has every Brady jersey there is. He has every fucking New England Patriot thing there is. I guarantee you that. I'm, fucking horseshit. I'm going with 30-30. You bandwagon jumper. Give me Did the you, Saints you, by you left the Tampa half. Bay. You, you, you left I'm taking the over New England. Well. Oh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. All that bullshit for fucking two years. I had to hear Tampa Bay. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. They got lucky. I think years. Lucky. I think years <laughs> worth of of built up, built Without up anger. For that, they would have lost that Super Bowl. Years worth of built up anger and frustration is coming out right now. What are you talking about? Not um, Leonard Fournette. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have lost that game. I'll, I'll good period. Thing, well, good thing there's a spot in the in the home now that Diane Feinstein's gone, so we can roll <laughs> you in there next. Go ahead, Zolo. <laughs> Um, what was his name? Epstein. Do I get to go to the island? Low key, this is very difficult to pick. I want you, I know, want you guys the, to know the one that. that Bill Clinton used to go to all the time. Yeah. Can I go there? Anyways, go um, ahead. This is difficult to pick. I'll start here. I think it's the under. Both of these teams started two and zero, and then they lost last week. But I think they got to where they were because of the they, they play good defense. Yes. Um. So I'm going to start with the under. If Jameis ends up starting, we have two Heisman winning quarterbacks going in this game, and they they both couldn't be trending in the worst direction. Yes. Um, I'll say this much: this is the best secondary that Evans and Godwin are going to face, and a lot of the Bucks' offense has gone through Evans and Godwin. Um, and for Evans that reason, on a mission right now. Yeah, oh, I I agree, but but I yeah. do think that I the, the Superdome is a hard place to play at the end of the I game. Agree. At the end of the day, and I think Jameis will do. He's always good for one win when he comes in in these backup situations. He's always good for one, and I think with a week of prep, no matter if it's him or Carr, I think with a week of prep, 
Jameis is going to do just enough to win. I like the Saints to win. I like the Saints to cover. Oh, they get Kamara back this week. They get Kamara yeah. back this week. I like the Saints to win. I like the Saints to cover, and I like the under. Uh, I agree with they you. They got the perfect weapon for Alvin Kamara. It's called Levante David. Well, you know something? I actually want to point two things out about this game. You know who's leading the team in rushing right now for the New Orleans Saints? It's not Jamal Williams, is it? Nope. No, he's on IR. Is it, is it, uh, is it the rookie? It's Taysom Hill. The tight end. Yeah. There you go. That's and great. then slash quarterback. Funny that's enough. That's awesome. Baker Mayfield, and I don't think I've ever seen this before. Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr have the exact same number of passing yards. Wow. Both at 636. Something's well, got to give. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Give me the Saints and the under. Moving on. Wow. How do we spend more time on that game than anything else? We have a divisional game. The Commanders are heading to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. The Eagles are eight and a half point favorites. The over-under is 43 and a half. Go ahead. Tell us how somehow the Commanders are going to cover this game. Go ahead. I'm going to take the Eagles and the over. Yeah, I like the Eagles. I actually... I know. 43 and a half is a weird number. Um... I like the Eagles, and I like. Hey, after I'm, watching the Commanders struggle last week offensively, dude, I I just, I just, I think that Philadelphia is starting to click. I just don't see anything going there. You well, took the over. Philly's yeah, I know. Philly's defense. Philly's defense has has won them games. I think, and yeah. and I think offensively, they've been hearing Jalen Hurts has been hearing enough shit get talked about him for the last week and a half, two weeks, to piss him off. And I I think this is the game. And the the, the <laughs> commanders are going to play him tough. They, we've talked about this before. They always play oh, yeah. the divisional games pretty tough. I just think this is the game where the offensively they start to pop off. The Eagles' defense has already now, been getting la- Now, last year, is this is where the Eagles got popped because yeah. they didn't have Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But – I, I think I think the, the Eagles I think the Eagles the, the commander <coughs> congrats to you on the start I still think it was fluky because you played some pretty bad teams that changes this week um, it's going to be not similar to what the Bills did but I think the Eagles get back on track I like the under well, I and I like it could be similar to what happened last week I like the Eagles and I like the under yeah. uh, I like the Eagles and the under as well okay moving on oh wow in a battle. Of two winless teams. The Minnesota Vikings are heading to Carolina to play the Panthers. Minnesota's a four and a half point favorite. Over under is 46 and a half. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think the Minnesota tank keeps on tanking. Wow. I think that, I don't. I think Bryce Young comes out, picks up his first win, and is an NFL quarterback. I think that they're able to run the ball against Minnesota very well. I think that this game's probably going to hit the over, as fucked up as that is for me to say. I like the way that Chark has looked last week with uh, with Dalton. I like the way Thielen looked the week before. Is this a 1 o'clock game? This is a 1 o'clock game. Not at Minnesota. We're at I Carolina. I, I understand that. I just asked. I'm going to take Carolina to win this game, and I'm going to take the over. I'll echo that just just to have a little fun. I, I'm gonna take the under in uh, Minnesota. I think that uh, you're no fun. Same drill. Seattle Seattle plays a similar style 
to Minnesota. Correct. And they did something right, even if it was Andy Dalton. The Panthers did something right to be in that game at the end of the game last week. Yeah, but and, he's not playing. And it's different at home. And I think Bryce Young's going to benefit from that week off. And I'm curious to see. You, you got to think, like, all, gun, all guns to my head right now, you got to think, like, listen— the Vikings aren't going to let this go on for too much longer, and this would be the game. The game to stop it. I think it does go on. I think I it do does too. go on. I, I think they're that fucked up. They're going to be they're going to be fiending to get Bryce Young that first win, and yep. they played well enough last week to where I think they could do it this week at home. Okay. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers head down to Houston to play the Texans. Pittsburgh's a three point favorite. The over under is forty two. So who comes out on top this week? C.J. Stroud or the Pittsburgh D? This is the best defense that uh, the Texans have played, and and Tomlin doesn't choke away these games against shitty or rookie quarterbacks. Love what Stroud has done. I think he's incredible. I think he's going to keep getting better. Um, Houston ain't ain't much of a road game. I think there's going to be a lot of Steelers fans down there. I think the Steelers are going to cover. I think they're going to win outright, and I like the under in this one. Uh, Steelers? Minus three all day and the under. I agree with Zolo 100%. It's, what Houston's doing is awesome, but I just – the Pittsburgh D is going to – it's they got to put an exclamation point on this. All of their wins, it's kept them in. Yeah. I thought what they did last week was very underrated. Who? Um, Who? What the Texans did. Oh, here they we beat go. up a very good football team, and I got a feeling they're going to keep the trend going. I'm taking uh, – the Texans and uh, the under. Who did they beat up last week? Jacksonville. They did beat up Jacksonville last yep. week. You're right. I'm taking the Texans and the under. Okay. How about those Cowboys? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, next up. He wants you to pick that game, I think. Well, we're going we're gonna to save that one for last. Next up, we have the Raiders heading to L.A. to play the Chargers. Uh Eckler and Derwin James. Oh, I missed that one. Eckler and Derwin James are both doubtful to play this weekend. Fuck Eckler, dude. He's out again. Doubtful. What the fuck? The Chargers are still a five and a half point favorite. The over-under is 48 and a half. Um, Okay. Last week when Eckler didn't play, uh, you know, we didn't expect the Chargers to do much. And and they, they pulled one out. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't. The Raiders are so fucking bad right now. They are so bad that I'm going to go against every rule I have because I think that the Chargers, I had them losing this game preseason. Give me the Chargers minus five and a half. And I'm going to take the over because as bad as Vegas is, they're still putting up some points. I mean, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs have to put up some points. And his, well, Mike Williams is out for the year, too. God. I mean, they're decimated already. It's going to be the Josh Palmer show. Give me the Chargers. Uh, ye- Listen, I called it last week. This is the battle of which coach is going to get fired first. Yeah. And, and McDaniels took the lead. And there's just a lot of bad juju going for the Raiders right now. And Derek, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still in the concussion protocol. Yes. Uh, I like the Chargers. I still don't think that things are going in the right direction for them, but they're going to win the shit off, in my opinion. I like the shit sh- off. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the Chargers, and I like the over. I'll take the Chargers in the over. 
Wow. Yeah. Do we all just agree there? No. I thought you thought the Raiders were, you know, fringe playoff. Listen team. to me, if, if fringe playoff team, one of your best defensive linemen is fucking crazy right now, and I thought he wasn't crazy. Yeah, you I, said he wasn't. Crazy. I, I don't think he is. I, I think he exposed uh, uh, exposed the government for what they are there in in Las Vegas. The government? <clears throat> yes, the government that runs, you know, just, just Las for Vegas. fun, real quick here. Yeah. Let's say Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play. Do we know? If I was Jimmy Garoppolo, I wouldn't even play football anymore. Guys. I, I would be a model or a porn star. I, I mean, if I was him, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, Jimmy, I, I don't know why he plays football. Jimmy, if you could hear this, go it. fuck. <laughs> Brian I, Hoyer. I if I was him. Brian Hoyer would be QB1 for the Raiders this week. Perfect. Yeah, we got a Patriots guy in there. We're all set. Well, Aiden O'Connell's on the roster as well. Ugh. Hey, he's actually not bad. I like him. I like him a lot. And I think they they should start him. If Jimmy can't play, start him. Oh my God. Should be a porn star. <laughs> Next up, the Arizona Cardinals are heading to San Francisco to play the 49ers. San Francisco 14. is a 14 point favorite. The over under is 43 and a half. I know what you're going to say. It ain't going to happen. It's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm just going to put that across. What? I'm not going to say what? You think that was a fluke what they did last year, last week against Dallas? Yes. I don't. I, I don't at all. They've I, done it all year. They play tough all year. I like what they do, and I, I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover that 14. I, I the under. I think that they, 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 I agree. The Cardinals play tough as hell. And I, I really think that that's a franchise that we need to watch going forward. I think they play tough for Gannon and good for them. The difference between the Cowboys and the 49ers is the 49ers, no matter who they play, are prepared to play every week. And the Cowboys are not. They have a shit head coach. They've never known what they've been doing at offensive coordinator. <laughs> and I just think that Kellen Moore oh, – excuse me, not Kellen Moore. I think that uh, – that listen, one of these big numbers is going to go against the 49ers at some point. It's not going to be this big number. I agree. It's not going to be this week. They might even lose a game at some point. They're going to lose a game at some point. I just don't think this is the big number that goes against them. I like the Niners to cover, and I like the over in that game too. I like the Niners to cover, and I like the under in this game. I'm taking the under, and I'm taking uh, the Cardinals. That one will be interesting to circle back on. Next up. What? What? I said they'll cover. Are they going to win? Probably not. But I, they will cover that 14. You don't have them win. They will cover the 14. It's a lot of points. Yeah. It's a lot of points. Yep. And I don't think Brock Purdy's that good either. He's we know that. Ass. We know that. We'll, we'll talk that. about that one on you Monday. paper fucking champion. We'll talk Monday. You, what did you just say? You paper champion. <laughs> You're fucking ragdoll. Next up, the New England Patriots are heading down to <laughs> Dallas to play the Cowboys. Cowboys are six and a half point favorite. The over-under is 43. So the Cowboys are coming off of a ass pummeling by Arizona last week. And um, then the New England Patriots win a a, a slobber knocker yeah. last week. Um, also, there's been a lot of chatter about Mac Jones this week that we didn't touch on after he uh, punched Sauce Gardner in his dick. Uh, and then you now that I want to see. Huh? You really want to know what I want to see? Sure. I, I want to see Mac Jones punch Mike McCarthy in the dick. That's what I want to see. Uh, With Dak Prescott jiggling him for him. There has jiggling, been, jiggling the bells for him. There has been some question marks 
about uh, Solo's not paying attention, otherwise he would have laughed on that. Max Jones' character. Um, I'm sorry, but you have to. You even if Dallas got waxed last week, give me Dallas minus six and a half, and I'm going to take the over in this game. I don't think that Dak goes back-to-back weeks with bad games, and I think the Dallas defense is going to be licking their chops on this one. And, again, I, there's just not a lot to like about the Patriots. Dak is exactly what we thought Dak was last week. Okay. Yeah. In in the you meantime, I, in the meantime, I like the Cowboys in the 10-point range, so I'm going with the Cowboys. Okay. And I also like the over in that one. Okay. I'm going to take the Patriots to cover. You um, saw that coming. What? Why? What? It's you'll, Dak fucking Prescott, dude. Mike McCarthy. It's Mike that. McCarthy and it's Dak Prescott. <laughs> I'm taking the fucking hey, Patriots to I cover. Bet, I bet you can guess who he's going to take in this one, too. Next up, the Kansas City Chiefs are heading to MetLife Stadium to play Gang Green. <laughs> Kansas City's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 41-and-a-half. Go ahead. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh. Any wow. over. See, you're a pussy. If you're going to do it, do hey, what it. what is it, 41-and-a-half? I'm I'm taking the over because I think Kansas City will put up 42. You think Kansas City's going to score 42 points on the Jets' defense? Yes, I do. You do, eh? This is Patty Mahomes's. uh, They haven't had that come out, blow out yet, but this will be it. Wait, they had it last week, didn't they? What do you mean? They fucked the Bears shit up last week. It was the Bears. Yeah, but I mean, that's still the come out, blow out. It was the fucking Bears, dude. Dude, It was 41. I will say this Justin Fields. (laughs) <laughs> Might be better than Zach Wilson. Maybe. We're about to see. Ooh. You failed to mention who's supposed to be in the building Sunday night. Oh, Taylor Swift. No. No one gives a There is a rumor. Joe Namath? If he is cleared to walk, and it, or, excuse me, not if he's cleared to walk because he can't walk, but if he is cleared to travel, that Aaron Rodgers will be in the building. If Aaron Rodgers is in the building, all bets are off. The fucking jet man. And his I, cape I, I and say his if they can firefighter helmet. If they can kind of prop him up and <laughs> angle him a little bit to the right, I think he could play. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, Brees Hall push him around. That's it. Maybe. Uh, One of those little gurneys. Yeah, but but Taylor Swift is obviously going to be there. That's her oh, second God hometown, NBC. Mother. Apparently, there's a story Fox Fuck. asked to use one of her songs last week, and she big-dicked them. Well, NBC is using Welcome to New York by Taylor Swift in their promo for the game Sunday, and they're going to get big ratings just because she's there. And that piss- I love Taylor Swift, but that pisses me off. I'm a little sick of it at this point. Um, I like the Chiefs to win, and you know what? I'm it, The Chiefs are good with overs. I'm not taking it. I'm going to take the under because I think the Jets have been that bad. And I think things are just going to continue to trend downward until they make that switch at quarterback. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs in the under. Well, they did sign Trevor Simeon. Yeah, they could throw Trevor Seaman out there. Uh, Trevor Tittyman. I I still think uh, if they can get him in there and keep him upright, that they'll have a better shot with him than they will Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson's had his time here in the NFL. He's had his shot to start. He's had his shot to back up. He still can't fucking play in this league. And at some point, they got to say goodbye. They do. It's either have him hold the fucking water bottles on the sidelines or have him selling hot dogs in the concession stand. How much longer can this choice. last? How much, huh? lo- how much longer can this last? I, I don't know. It's like the and, and, pressure in a gun right now. That's, right. That's and, where we're and, at. And here you got people already firing on Robert Sala. You got Joe Namath, who's fucking five shots deep. 
talking about he's not winning. And and, and you got fucking uh who's drunker, and, Joe Namath or Jim Irsay? Uh you know what? I bet you those two hang out. Wouldn't I bet you they hang out. Wouldn't and when shock. and when they do, I bet you they both get in the fights and they gotta carry them both home. Well, that's what do it. you think? Those what do are you our this game. What game? The Chiefs Jets? Yeah. I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to score any points. I think it's going to be like a 27 10 game. They get a you, lucky you accidental touchdown. to put 40 up on that? No, he's not going to have to. They, they, they'll pull him before that happens. Yeah. And I they'll start so. running the ball. I've seen, yeah. as, as yeah. someone that's kept an eye on Mahomes' fantasy. Yeah, you know what? Stance, You're right. I, I'm going to go the under. They, by the third I, quarter. I changed my thing. I'm going the under. It's usually somewhere around the middle third. And even even still, I think the Jets' defense is going to, they're going to do their part at the beginning of the game to mitigate a lot of the damage. Yeah, I just think eventually. On the field, way too close. fucking much. Yeah. Because they're unable to sustain any kind of drive. That's how it works, is they're just on the field too much at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, and some no matter other... how many guys are okay. swapping out everything, cool. it just doesn't it matter. Every time, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck so... you. It happens every time. You little prick. We good now? Yeah. Am I good to change change up here? Wait. So we... Sunday, <laughs> Sunday will mark Miguel Cabrera's last MLB game. And some other Detroit news. Uh, he he will be retiring after Sunday's game. The Tigers announced today that uh, Miguel Cabrera's next chapter will be as the special assistant to the president of baseball operations. So he'll be taking a front office position with the team once his... What team? Pl- the Tigers. For what? It's it's a it's almost a ceremonial role. <laughs> yeah. He's going to collect a contract just to answer some questions from time to time. This guy's going to go to Venezuela, which I, is a war zone, can, and he's going to lock himself in. Yeah, raise your hand first. What has he done? Miguel Cabrera? Yeah. What has he done here? I mean, he's he's one of the most... fucking kidding me? What has he fucking here's, done? Here? Here's the thing. is there's, okay. there's a ton of people in the Uncle Sam camp... Hold on. ...that are like, that guy didn't do shit here, and he only well, caused right. more he's problems. He's got 500 fucking home runs. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you a question. What has he done here? The, the memories that he brought how, in how like a five-year span... How many, how, how many World Series did he go to? If we're, if we're going like that, then not, what is... Not, I'm talking... As a tiger, it's it's fair, it's fair. But if we're judging it by that, like what did what Barry, did, what did Barry Sanders do? or Calvin Johnson do? You know, that's the same argument. Uh, Barry one. Sanders transcended the fucking game. Miguel Brera hasn't. Miguel Cabrera, he kinda, has not transcended the game. No, he kind of, he kind of. There's did. better. Kinda, there's been guys better than him that have played the game. Yeah, but what he what he did in the in that three season span where he couldn't be stopped and there's there's a class of baseball nerds that'll be like oh i like that uncle sam he know he knows his shit and you're not wrong analytically so he didn't win a title and analytically he like his war they call it wins above replacement it's gone like this so analytically he's been one of the worst players in baseball this about him before he hold on no no hold on hold on who would you have rather had in 2006 I watched a team that won the year year prior, 2005. They lost 118 games. And I watched a has-been catcher, a fucking pitcher that everybody just dumped. It's Kenny Rogers. Nobody fucking wanted anymore. And they took a team with, with three young fucking pitchers that nobody even knew who they fucking were. Three. You had two closers and a fucking starter. That went on there with two other guys that were absolute garbage and Bonderman and fucking the rest of these dickweeds. And they they go to the fucking World Series. That was great. 
arguably the biggest travesty of my Detroit sports lifetime. The 2012 Tigers that went to the World Series, that's one thing, but the four, the 13 Tigers that shouldn't have lost to the Red Sox and the LCS, that team was probably one of the best teams of all time to never win a title, and he should have. They just weren't built properly, and that's not Miguel Cabrera's fault, and he was... He won a triple crown that year. Yeah, but he, was, he wasn't. They were not question. talking about. Can I ask you a question? Who you talk? Are you saying Manuel who would I has hit the biggest fucking shot that the Tigers have had since fucking '84. Period. Okay. Bottom line. At, period. At the end of the day, legendary Detroit sp- sports figure. Legendary. Yeah. Legendary. Yeah. And he's okay. retiring. And we're just trying to yeah. honor him by saying something about retiring. All, all I all I said is, what has he fucking done here? That's all I said. He won a triple all crown. Right, so he won a he triple was, crown. He was great. He was great to the people. So he was a joke to He was a twelve-time MVP. I'm sorry. He was a twelve-time All Star. Yeah. Okay. Two-time MVP. And you know, twelve-time MVP that that. Didn't even fucking make it to a World Series. Okay, Barry Sanders never made it to a World Series. Wait, hold on. Cabrera, Cabrera made a World Series here. Cabrera no, he made it. 2012. He made it yeah. to two. And they got, they got fucking oh, no, He made it rate. to one. They, and he won, won one, one in with Florida. The yeah, he won one with the Marlins. Oh, so he's got it. He's got the ring. He's got your ring. More he's done Barry, more than Barry Barry Guess what? He's guess what? So does Matt Stafford. What did he so do while Matt he was Stafford. there? He didn't do anything here. Suck an ass. Exactly. Suck it this, is, this is different because this is we're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer. Correct. Matt that, Stafford's not a first ballot in, Hall of Famer. In Fame. baseball, it's a recent thing where these these main guys have gone around and they get like these crazy retirement. Like they did it for David Ortiz. They kind of did it for A Rod. They did it for Jeter. That's the cla- like it's it's the it's the end of an era. And what Miguel, Miguel Cabrera did on the field, he's one of the most well liked guys in the history of baseball. He's and a twenty-year he career. His his first two years here, he had issues. He was a drunk. He had a drunk driving. He got in a fight with his Don't wife. Don't you know who I am? That he told the fucking state cop. Don't you know who I am? Yeah, hermano, hermano. I'll never forget that video. Whatever, dude. Listen to me. He underachieved while he was here. He wasn't able to push this team over the limit. You're not getting any more alive. I, I don't care. We're cutting you off. Don't care. That's it. Don't fucking Anyways, care. congratulations to Miguel Cabrera on Whatever. a fantastic so career. So long, Chi-Chi. Uh, anything else to add? You guys should Adios, come to Whirly Ball. You should definitely come to Whirly Ball. The Arabs will be so excited if they see you. Uh, it, it, depending on my state, I, I will consider. Yeah, he's got to check his venereal disease before he comes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Tip Balls Podcast. Make sure to check our socials, Instagram and Twitter at Tip Balls, TikTok at Tip Balls Podcast. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Music, check us out on YouTube and remember to click subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. You'll hear from us on Monday.